All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. The first selection of the National Hockey League Draft belongs to... The Daily Faceoff Podcast comes to you courtesy of the Nation Network. The first overall pick in the 2015 NHL Draft. Gretzky had it, lost it, Eisenman picks it up, Eisenman holding, blue line, jam, stop! Face off. The Daily Face Off. The Daily Face Off podcast with your host, Brock Sagan. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode number 53 of the Daily Face Off podcast. All three of us are live after a bye week. Yep. Nice, nice time on the beach. <laughs> we all yeah. are back in the, in the studio, otherwise known as Man Cave. Very official stuff. We were on uh, the beach? <laughs> I don't remember. Oh, okay. According to your tweet, we might have been. <laughs> Alright, yeah. No, no, but uh, to my left, Dylan D. Berthier. How's it going, D? Uh, I feel right, Brock. I feel right. <laughs> and to my left, left, Michael Biebs. Bonnie, how's it going, Biebs? I also feel right. Um, and it, you You're know, real original yeah, there, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Very creative. <laughs> Alright, I'm doing good. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. I was actually Have dying. Together. <laughs> I was just working today, minding my own on the Daily Face Off Twitter account, and then all of a sudden a Daily Face Off podcast tweet comes up. I'm like, wait a second. Like, I didn't tweet that, and I read it. I actually died. That was good. The mandated bye week. But uh, <laughs> We're not happy about it. They made us do it. Yeah. Oh, man. I was dying. That was the perfect tweet. It was yeah. great. And, uh, you know, I don't know if you guys seen, but, like, uh, teams' records when they come back from the bye week is, like, super bad right now. It's something like, 
Ah. It's like three and twenty. Yeah, so we're gonna break that. It's like, I think it's like four twenty and one, and one of the wins was like the Leafs over the Rangers when they were both coming off the bye week. Yeah. So expect just an awful, awful show right now. <laughs> <laughs> if, yeah, no, yeah. if history is to repeat itself, it will be right now. Um, we're trying to be like the league. Yeah, <laughs> we're just trying. To, we're trying to keep it the same. Um, but yeah, so we apologize for being off last week. We had a lot of stuff going on. I had Tons to, of stuff. I had to go up to Guelph to look at a puppy. You, uh, you had buy. to come. You didn't pull a trigger on. No, it. we're pulling the trigger. We're going back up next Thursday you just and pulling the trigger. Pop puppy window shop. Well, it was weird because like it was only no. <laughs> we went to like the lady we're buying the puppy off, but it was only like a week old, so like they weren't really moving. Did he have his eyes open yet? Yeah, like their eyes were just like kind of peeking open, but like they weren't really moving, so it was hard to like pick which one you want when you've only yeah you don't want to. So get all ride. we did was just drop a deposit, and basically like now next week we get to pick our first. We get to pick, like, first pick of the litter, which is coming. Oh, you got first pick? So we got first dibs. We got the first overall got the pick. We're going to go in there. Are these, these dogs? Yeah, we're going to we're gonna make a good draft Where's pick. Where's like the Nolan Patrick? I don't know which one you want, more. I don't know. You don't Either want way, I just want a great dog. dog. It's no, going to be a beauty. I just want a great dog. <laughs> half Australian Shepherd, half Golden Retriever. That so going to be ripping around in the back of podcasts now? Oh, probably. Something we're going to have to yeah. do it. Oh, yeah. We're, cool we're just warning the fans. Yeah. We're hoping to get a boy. If we do get a boy... Great name. Ready for it? You guys are going to... You say beans. I'm going to be You guys so are going to laugh, though. Laugh. You guys are going to hate it. Larkin. What? That is terrible. That's awful. It's a great Why name. Why is that a gender-specific oh, name? Yeah. It could be a girl. It could be. I'm That's sure. what I said. I mean, I'm sure Dylan Larkin's mom... Yeah. You know? It's her last name. It's nothing to do with anything. Well, then why is it just for boys? This is my whole point. It doesn't have to be. I, I don't think it has to be. Why aren't you naming it Mantha? He's the better up and coming. Yeah, but that's not a legitimate name. Yeah, but then you could call it Larkin, quit barking. Larkin, quit barking. It's going to be perfect. I'm on board with that. You got me. You got me. All right, so let's move into some actual NHL discussion here and go around the league. Last week, we would have had a good opportunity to talk about this, but since we missed last week, I still feel like it's a decent opportunity to talk about it. Um, Claude Julien was rehired as the head coach in Montreal. So, boys, what do you think the rehiring of Mr. Claude Julien, who left Boston, replaced Michel Therrien in Montreal, what does it mean for the Canadians going forward? Is this a good move, uh, a good hiring by them, or you know they'll just kind of stay stand pat? Um, I like it a lot. I, I personally am a big Claude Julien fan. Um, they must have done something to him. <laughs> I'm laughing at that. I like him. He's a good coach. He's done I, it's right. good. Yeah, good. I like his style. I just like his memes. No, yeah. uh, it's that face. Memes. He's always just pissed. <laughs> no, but um, he was someone who said, you know, he was gonna he's gonna take some time off with his family. Blah blah blah. And then Psych. obviously uh, this offer was a little too good for him to uh, yeah. You know, take you got, he he got a lot of money over team. a lot of years. That's true. Yeah, absolutely. Going home and shit, right? Um, really, for this, all all that all that I see is just this team kind of needed something new, and this could be the spark that they needed. Needed. They're a good team. They proved that through the first forty games. It's just been these last couple where they've been kind of really struggling. yeah. Last couple so, weeks they've struggled. A this bit. is definitely you know yeah. maybe the switch up that they could that they needed by not really moving to any players that, you know, step on the ice and do stuff out there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, he just kind of comes in and hopes price plays a little closer to Price's quality. And then Julian's going to get all the praise for turning it around. For sure. And the one thing like Terry got a bad rep there too. Like, no, maybe he probably earned it. Like he was, He's made some weird lineup decisions. And he ran like their best player out of town. Exactly. Safe for price. And, uh, yeah. And he just got a bad rep for you know being Sorry, scratching just, the wrong players and stuff. And, so I just cut you off. Like that's why I never understand with management like making decisions with coaches over like franchise players like PK Subban. 
you know what I mean? Because, like, Superman, you got under your whip for the next six years, like, where clearly, like, you know, they're all... The, co- the, the players should almost always win that battle. They should. Like, no, sorry against the coaches, but, like... They're way more replaceable. Yeah, you are. Oh, yeah. You really are. Yeah. Literally just like it's way easier. Clearly, it's way, you yeah, are. It's way easier to find another good yeah. NHL coach than it is to find another PK Subban. But I mean, hey, you got Shea Weber, so yeah, he was working for a, for a little bit. But yeah, obviously, I think like the one player I think it helps the most is Carey Price, and I think it happened at a good time where Carey Price was struggling. He hated Terry. Eh? Yeah, he that hated, was my vibe. Anyway. Yeah, well, remember like that one glare he just dished over that one time the he glare. got yanked. The glare was obviously, you know, I mean, we're not going to read too much in that, but just Julian's also had a really good history of having great possession teams. The Bruins, like even this year, they he got fired and it was not his fault. We talked about this. They yeah. were one of the best, possess- they were the best possession team in the NHL. They just had a, you know, a lot of bad luck and some poor goaltending and random right. amount of time. So if that, if he can translate that, I mean, you, you made the point pre-show D that having a guy like Patrice Bergeron obviously helps that a lot, right. but um, having, I mean, the Montreal Canadiens are not a bad team. They obviously rely on price a little bit. So if he can turn them into a little bit better possession team. That obviously uh, helps price quite a bit. And then I think Alex Galchenyuk is another guy who, Chucky, Kind of seemed like he was in Tyrion's doghouse a bit. He wasn't playing with Patrick yeah, or well, Radulov. You're right. He does fit the bill of, you know, skilled, good players exactly. that Tyrion just does not like. And, like, the first, the very first practice, he uh, he got moved up to that top line As with Patrick and thing. But then they lost that game. It was a bad showing. But they were coming off the bye week, and they moved him right back down to the second line. So, <laughs> But I think, like, I think over time he'll end up back on that top line playing think. the biggest minutes he should be yeah. if, if, he's if, actually awesome if uh, if you're yeah. not if you want to act like not Michelle Terrian you want to act like Claude Julian you would put him on that top line right I mean I think that's obviously a really good hockey team and I would rather have Ter- uh, sort of Julian behind the bench than Terrian you guys agree I'm yes. sure yes oh big time um, the, the other big it seems like I don't even know when this happened maybe it was just because they played each other last night but the the Calder debate has just been running rampant through you know mm-hmm. not just Twitter but they talk about it on TSN almost daily. Uh, the Calder Trophy race is really heating up. Obviously, when you have uh, two great hockey players going one two, uh, it makes it a little bit more interesting. Obviously, we've, we're talking about uh, Austin Matthews and Patrick Liney, but you add players like Mitch Marner, Zach Rowenski. I'm pretty sure Matt, Matt Murray, Murray is even yeah. still available to win the call. There, that is five. I mean, you could throw Willie Nylander in there too. Yeah. Um, those are five, six really, really good. Uh, I mean, Kachuk obviously isn't going to win, but he's had a really good rookie year. Yeah. Like There's a lot of really strong rookies. Any other given year, for sure. And it's heating up. I think, obviously, it's, it's becoming more and more apparent that it's going to be either Matthews or um, Line A. Seems that way. Yeah, just I mean, like whenever you got a rookie that's got thirty goals before we even hit March is pretty impressive. Uh, Matthews has been stellar across the board, but I just want to I want you guys to kind of weigh in on who you guys think is the front runner, oh, and just kind of weigh in on how good of a rookie year it's actually been for a number of guys. Oh, as far as I mean, as far as leading the team and consistency goes, I, I'd have to give it to Austin Matthews. But as far as numbers wise goes, I think Patrick Laine will overall take that you know that point title right but if you um, i it, the funny thing is i mean a lot of people like to point this yeah. out to you but if you look at the goals uh i think line a's at 30 right now matthew's at 28 but line a has three empty netters um, no, zero zero okay um so you know factor that in however you, however you wanna um to me i just look at like you know the like you said the consistency uh you know matthew's being up there shots in the league it, it like to me, like that's the stuff that I like to look for. Obviously, I'm like inherently biased as a Leafs fan. Right. Um, 
I don't think it matters much either way. They're both great hockey yeah, players. Both, I think they're no. both generational talents. And the whole debate, <laughs> like, who should the Leafs have taken, like, that nah. it just it so bothers me, dude. It's like, how greedy are you trying to get? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, these guys both look like they're going to be, like, basically the next, like I said, the next generation of talent uh, in the league. And, you know, to kind of nitpick between the two is pretty just stupid in a waste and of the, time. And the that's the one thing that pisses point, me off the most about this whole debate is it – it almost ruins the fun. Like, it's yeah. unbelievable right. to have this many good rookies ripping it up. That's but the then story. They, yeah, but yeah. then they nitpick about this bullshit all the time. Like, oh, it's Matthews. Oh, like, even yesterday's game. Like, great game. Unreal hockey game. Yeah. Lonnie scores amazing. two. Matthews gets three assists. And then, like, but TSN quickly turns, like, oh, Matthews had the better game because he had an extra point. But, like, I mean, Lonnie's two. Like, you just, Actually, so Nylander probably had the best game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then yeah. they almost just, just that was probably and one that's of the best problem. Games they the don't too. even focus on those. I just yeah. feel like I don't. I remember like when I was younger too, but Crosby. They almost like the media almost ruined Crosby because it's all they ever talked about, mm-hmm. and it was always Crosby versus Ovechkin. And if it if it if it kind of ruined it, they need to just let these guys go and just be like, yeah, you know, uh, he's fifth in the league in scoring. Yeah, or well, it's just like less it's Matthews verse line A and more like Matthews and, and line A. Yeah, yeah. and, and Marner no and Nylander yeah. and Matt. Like, who no one's even talking about Matt Murray who might be one of the best young goalies to come through the NHL It's just weird forever. that like they try to stir the fans up to get to talk about the caller when like we have no say, you know? Yeah. It's, it's whatever. I don't know how many hockey writers it is, but they're, they're the ones, they're the ones who make it. Yeah, so they make the call. That's why they like to talk about it, I guess. But It's a pretty broken but, system. But It is, yeah. But the biggest... Just wait till we get a vote. Then it's then it'll be cool. Oh yeah, that, <laughs> yeah. It's just a vote. When it's a Twitter poll, <laughs> that's when we can. Give us one vote for the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> we don't need three. Just one general. We vote. don't need three. Obviously, though, those are two pretty big headlines. But I think the biggest headline is the fact that we are one oh, week right. away from the trade Good deadline. Right. Everybody's getting excited. Yep. Trade deadline times always a blast, even when it's not. It's still super exciting. It's like ah, well, it was a bit of a letdown year, <laughs> it but might it's still happen. great. Yeah. It might so happen. the trade deadline is right around the corner. I want to know who is Oli Oakening. Get traded. Yes, no, that's not yes. the story anymore. <laughs> not, not that's anymore. not the story. No, no. <laughs> I, what I want to know is who do you guys think, Beebs? We'll start with you. Who needs, which team is in need of the biggest move, or like who needs the most help at the deadline to really either a make a playoff push or a championship push, what have you? Who needs the biggest push at the deadline? Um, I have a couple of Canadian teams on this one. I have uh, I have Calgary, who, um, as many people know, are in are in high need of a goalie right now. It kind of seems, um, although we didn't think we'd be saying that with the Brian Elliott trade. But um, one thing we especially with the way was, Chad Johnson was playing early yeah, in the year too, it looked too. like they might be okay. Looked like they had something, but I do think they need to make a trade for a goalie and even maybe a, a top six player out there. I don't know. They they're playing really well right now, though. It's hard to it's hard to want to split anything up chemistry wise. We talked about how Monahan and Goudreau would come back, and they've come back. And it just been, seems like they're in a need for like a top six winger. Whether it's yeah. a guy that can play with those two. Whether it's a guy like it seems like that Froelich Kachuk back in line locked yeah, in. No, yeah, you're not. Brower's not really working. Shaysone's not really working. It's like almost yeah. like they need like like to bring in. I don't know if he would necessarily work, but a guy Jerome McGinley. Yeah, back. Jerome McGinley. That's what I said. I don't know if he's. I don't know if he can still. Play I just him. don't think he's good now. Thomas Vanek. Like he was. Some, some of those guys, those those veteran guys that are yeah. available that might help them a lot. Vanek at the very least bring a lot of power play help to any team. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah. And then my other quick one was just Ottawa with all their injuries, bringing someone in to kind of. It seems know, like they dodged a bit of a. Yeah. It, the injuries don't seem as serious. Both Hoffman and uh, Stone are expected to be back. Not expected to be for sure, but it's either Sunday or Monday. It yeah, looks like they're going to be. So they got lucky. Stone especially avoided the concussion, which is nice. Um, but they're, they're another team. Even still, like, I mean, they're another team that's 
needs like a Vanek. Like Vanek's the one yeah. that's fresh in my mind because I'm a Wings fan. But mm-hmm. there's Ryan some there's a, there's some other rental wingers out there that could scoring wingers that could bolster Ryan a Ryan. top six, even a top nine if you want to put Vanek on the third line and, and move Bobby Ryan up. Whatever you right. want, they just have been giving way too much time to a guy like Tom Pyatt, and it's not really. Yeah, and Ryan, I mean, I, every time I look at that team, I'm like, how the hell is this still a playoff team? Yeah, they're still sticking leading around. the division. Yeah, they're sticking around. I mean, having Eric Carlson, Craig Anderson, just yeah. has been taking over. Mm-hmm. Mike Conn is well. But do you, who do you think needs the most help here at the deadline? Uh, you know, I don't know. I still kind of look at teams like the Wild and, and the Blue Jackets, um, who, you know, like we talked about it uh, probably a few shows ago now, but yeah. they've just had like a nice run of luck to kind of put them in the spot they are. So I think like a good GM kind of realizes that, that, you know, these teams are good, but maybe they're not quite as good as we're doing. But, you know, if we can add some supplementary help, it can definitely go a long way to kind of, um, you know, keeping them at the pace they're at right now, at, at least. Um, but you know, like I, I probably look at some back end help in Minnesota. They're obviously pretty deep up front. Um, and probably the same in Columbus. It's just going to be interesting. Cause there's not, doesn't seem like there's a lot of like contenders who have a dire need. Like obviously that's usually the case. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Cause like you even like look at the borderline teams and obviously like uh, my mind just goes to the Leafs, but like, yeah, it would be nice for the Leafs to pick up some help on the back end, but like the least like is it really worth giving up assets of the future to try to push in as like the last playoff team right now so i I don't know it's gonna be interesting i don't think it's like as the buyers and sellers are as clearly defined it's a Um, very tight year right and that's why uh i think even mckenzie was tweeting something out about how the coyotes um are kind of looking to unload right now at the time where they're like that kind of the primary seller right now before other sellers emerge on the market and kind of dilute the market a little bit um, so it'll be interesting because it doesn't seem like anyone has a real solid idea of uh, kind of what's going to happen at this point. Yeah, which could make it fun. I mean, yeah, you could just see some really unexpected deals. Yeah, yeah, and there's and there's some big names out there. I mean, there's always a couple that float around. There's some smaller names, but uh, it, it, it's funny how the one thing I before I get into the team I want to talk about mm-hmm. one thing that's hilarious is about like gauging the market. Like the market changes every year. Like it's like I'm so worried that's going to be a sh- like a down year and, and the Red Wings won't get a first for Vanek, where in years past, you see guys like last year, uh, first example that comes to my mind is like Polak and Spalling yeah. going for a second. It's like, that's mind-blowing. Or Winnick for like three years in a row. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's, it's crazy. So hopefully, you, Danny. Hopefully for us, the Wings were finally sellers. Hopefully it's a nice high market. But the team mm-hmm. I think that needs some help, and, and I think a Vanek would be a great fit there, is Anaheim. The Ducks seem to be in a real need for either a, a top six winger or a top nine winger. Yeah. I, I know they have... That Cogliano, Silverberg, Kessler line, lockdown. <laughs> if you get a top nine winger, you move Perry back up to the Getzlaff line, uh, get those guys back together. But Andre, I think it's Kase or Kache, I don't know how to pronounce it. I watched the game yesterday, I can't remember how they pronounce it. <laughs> but he hasn't quite cut it. Uh, he's played Saul, but it's just the offensive numbers aren't there, especially when you're playing with a guy like uh, Getzlaff. Um, so I think, you know, picking up a guy again, there's another number of wingers out there, but Vanek. Put him with the Raquel line, move Perry back up. That immediately helps your offense. Um, we've know we, we know that they have a really solid decor, yeah. uh, and they've even their decor is so solid that, that they that they don't even know what to do with it. Yeah. Um. So I think that's another team that needs a lot of help. Um. But it's interesting. Do you guys think? I mean, the way Brent Burns has played this year, going to San Jose here, do you think that this is a, a team that can get back to the Stanley Cup Finals this year? Yeah. Like it seems pretty wide open for the most part, right? Um. It's just going to come down to the goaltending. I, I believe in Martin Jones. Yeah, same. But that is always playoffs, man. Like, playoffs is just who's who's got the hot goalie, like, above anything else. Because, you know, like, I hate to break to people. Hockey is 
absolutely a game of bounces. And what mitigates that on a game-to-game basis more to anything is good goaltending. Um, so that's kind of how the playoffs go. Like, obviously, the better teams move forward. But when, when you get kind of two teams that are a bit of a toss-up or anything close, like a hot goalie can turn that on its head. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I like the Sharks. I've liked the Sharks for the last five or six years. I don't think the fact that they've struggled – to get it done in the playoffs in the past is any indicator of what's going to happen from here on out. Um, yeah. I the real know. reason I'm asking the question is because I kind of been floating around this idea uh, in my brain about the Sharks potentially trading somebody like Patrick Marlowe at the deadline. He's an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year because they've mm-hmm. got good pieces. I mean, we, we've seen flashes from Kevin LeBanc. We've seen Timo Meyer come up, play pretty well. They got Nikolai Goldobin, who's played fairly well in his brief time lately. They almost, and Hurdle can move up in that top six. If, if, I if they don't add think it happens. I, but do you, I think that it, it, it might be a, a potential sp- move. Like, to, on you paper, know, it's probably a smart move, but that just dismantles that dressing room. You know what I right, mean? Right, exactly. And that's the one thing, it, like, on it's just something as that an outsider, something that yeah, exactly. Yeah. But on no, paper, I, I agree, it looks smart. But you know, it doesn't always work like that. Sometimes you got to make a crazy move, though. I just was looking at it the other day. I was trying to figure out like who the real front runners are, and then I was looking at their cap situation. Right. I'm like, man, this is a team that could move a veteran out like that. Add a you know, add the third line center to replace Hurdle and an asset. Especially just because Marlowe's been on an absolute tear yeah, lately. But that's just going to put such a hole in that lineup for a team that's looking it could, to go deep in it the could. playoffs. It could. Or you could be able to fill it with the young guys. Who know? I mean, Hurdle moves up. It, it's just an idea. I, it I look at just, it and I'm like, yeah, yeah. if I was a GM of that team, I would be really, I think, I can't remember his name, but I'd be really strongly <laughs> considering a move like that. Like, obviously, you're not going to get rid of Thornton or anything, who's also UFA, but. Um, but I mean, Thornton and Marlowe are right in the same. I mean, you're kind of. Uh, if you move Marlowe, why not move Thornton? I just think it's harder to find a center. Right. Like, yeah. it would be, it'd be, that would be a bigger hole to fill. Right. Like, the, like all but three of them. I mean, you their, move Thornton, Marlowe slides into center. I guess so. But I mean, like, you're moving one of the <laughs> best playmakers in, like, the history of the world. Yeah, where Marlowe. I love Marlowe, but I'm just saying, I think that I'd rather. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think they're pretty, like, equal at this point in their careers or close to it. But, you know, I, I feel where you're coming from. Um, I know it's not I a move that they always make. I just think I was. It's a move that it. never. It's interesting, but it's a move that never happens. It just I just think like, it goes against like the tr- traditional right traditional old, thing. I think a club, lot of people would be how mad. the NHL is run for sure. Um, if you think that's a good idea, let me know. If you think it's a terrible <laughs> idea, feel free to uh, rate me on Twitter. But uh, it that's a lot of NHL deadline talk. The other thing that's coming up, I know my trade deadline in most of my leagues is the day after the actual NHL trade deadline. The fantasy hockey trade deadline is also coming up. So we promised you guys a couple weeks ago. We missed a week last week, so we're going to come back with it a little bit here. Um, Not so much. I guess you can still consider these guys buy low, sell high guys. But it's just almost guys that are under the radar that you think that could really push your team over the edge. You're looking. You're a playoff team. You're going to the, the playoffs here. You want to make a push for that fantasy hockey trophy. Who's a guy that can push your team over the edge here in these last month or so of the season? D, we'll start with you on this one. Um, okay, so just bear with me here because obviously this is a guy that gets a lot of talk on the podcast. Um, but I'm going to talk about Nikolai Ehlers again for a little bit. I don't um, think we ever talked about him. <laughs> I don't even know who that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I, I'm sure it probably seems like we talk about it every other week at this point, but I still think at like a mainstream level, he's not like getting the, you know his fair share of attention, not at all. which probably has a lot to do with the whole Patty Line show. Um, and you know that bodes well for smart and attentive fantasy owners, you know, which AKA our listeners, right? Yeah, right. Am I right? So, all of them. 
Uh, you know, the 21-year-old is currently chilling with 20 goals and 28 assists in 63 games this season. Uh, but he's been in a dry spell of late. He's got one point in his last nine games, which came last night off uh, deflection. Um, so, you know, his, but his possession and shot production really hasn't wavered over that stretch. Uh, but you know what has, you know, <laughs> you can believe it, is his 5-on-5 five five on-ice shooting percentage, sitting at a lowly 3.4% over the last nine games. Yes. Uh, he's up over 9% for the first, whatever, I think, 140 games of his career. Um, so obviously we expect that to bounce back down the stretch and continue closer to the pace that he's shown for most of the season. And I honestly, the only reason I really want to mention him is I don't think his trade value has ever been lower this year, maybe save for the first few weeks of yeah. the season. But um, yeah, if anyone had him for the last two weeks in fantasy hockey, they're going to be seeing a big difference. Well, like, and, and you know what? The one thing I noticed the most about being running daily face off and that freaking comment board on like the starting goalie speech is just running rampant with trade talk all day or like who should I start I saw people yesterday like that wanted to bench Nikita Kucherov because he went pointless in four games <laughs> they played him I think he had like a goal and two apples or two goals and an assist or whatever like he was unreal yeah. just like no you never bench Nikita Kucherov <laughs> ever like he's one of the best players in the league it's like well he hasn't put up a point in four games should yeah, I start it happens that is literally yeah. the game Yeah. so like that's what I mean so like Ehlers you know one and nine yeah. there's gonna be like owners out there that are like okay what's going on here he's not as good as we thought he was right so he's a definite guy that you could he's not like the biggest name at and this he point could just, right? and that's it's, even though we know he's amazing yeah no he's not for sure he, right. he, he plays second fiddle easily to you know the likes of line a shifley bufflin mm-hmm. even true at this point he's, mm-hmm. he's not the biggest name on that team mm-hmm. um i i yeah we love him yeah. I, we talk about <laughs> the him. listeners know we talk about him but uh but I guess I can uh, throw some other ones out there. Oh, you got a couple other names? Because we talk about Line Every Show. Um, real quick, like Chris Letang, um, I just feel like uh, like his trade value is always a little bit lower than it should be because owners are scared Injury. of him being injured. But at this point, there's, what, 20 games left in the season? Mm-hmm. You got to feel confident with him playing a majority of those down the stretch with no foreseeable injury. Right? It was so funny. Before, yeah. And he's amazing. Like, he's been he's almost... A, the best. He's been, like, just under a point per game the last I mean, couple uh, seasons. So. There's a, we have a stag and Joe that we're supposed to go to this, this summer. And okay. one of the prizes in Facebook... Like me and you? Or? No, no, no. Well, like, you guys can probably come too. But, <laughs> no, somebody... Some, like, my, my girlfriend's dating yeah, in the we, wedding, so... They put up this stag into a group, and one of the pr- big prizes is like an autographed Chris Letang jersey. Right. And then I, as soon as he posted, I just commented, I'm like, did he get injured signing this? Because that would make it really authentic. <laughs> Guy just cannot stay a healthy. blood stain on it or yeah. something? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just injured. Uh, I'm intrigued, though. Injured in the I'm process. this uh, this stag now. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are coming. Sold. Anybody else listening? Come yeah, on down. Sign Tanger jersey. Yeah. But D, continue with some guys. You, you think uh, push over the Brandon edge. Brandon Saad, I feel like has been a little overshadowed by some of the other guys that have stepped up in Columbus this year. And I his 5-on-5 five five numbers are absurd. I still think he's the best forward on that team. Yeah, so um, I, I think it's pretty underrated at this point, so he's probably a good one to kick the tires on. Uh, William Nylander with an asterisk, not if he's owned by a Leafs fan. Um, yeah, but, I don't even try if he is. Right, but Nylander's actually been ridiculously good this year. Would definitely be uh, in the Calder conversation in almost any other season. And uh, just gets, especially in Toronto, he's getting completely overshadowed by Matthews and Mitch Marner this year. Um, so I expect good production from Nealander down the stretch. I look at him to get more power play time with how good he's played with Marner being out. I think even when Marner comes back, like Nealander's really proved himself to Babcock the last few games. And if you watch the power play, like it almost at this point runs through Nealander, yep. and it's really cool to watch. Um, and then Connor Hellebuck is another guy that, uh, you know, he's not even that high owned, so you might even be able to pick him up on waivers, but he's played really good of late. And I still think the Jets are a decent, probably above average team. Uh, 
and he's you know save for last night he's kind of uh you know yeah. the, we're seeing less and less of the, the poor games from hellebuck and more of the kind of this kid standing on his head again so i still like hellebuck going forward and uh if you need goaltending help i think he could be a really cheap fix down this stretch he was my goaltender to have a better second half than the first half right. he, he again besides last night he's played a lot better and that's the thing we and talked he, about it right he just kind of has like these really bad games yeah. out of blue that have really dragged but you know what last night wasn't even his fault like no. the, like, the yeah. least dominated yeah. that game like, yeah. he was and just he, under siege the whole game but I mean but they weren't yeah a lot of the, the first, first one the first one yeah. Yeah. yeah but you know that those are gonna happen but I he's like still a young guy right yeah and that's, that's so a good team. And you, got, you know what? Too? You add Shuba into the game last night, totally different true, game. You take true. out their best defenseman. And, true. You, know, you add Martin to the game, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. for sure. No, but I know but, what you're saying. Like, for, for Hellebuck's Absolutely. sake. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but talking about goalies that, you know, that you could kind of maybe grab while they're at a lower point. Um, and, I don't know, maybe a little cheeky on my part here, but Craig Anderson um, is someone that I'm kind of looking at. And, uh, and it's someone that, you know, owners might be pissed off with if they haven't already given him up, but they're worried that, you know, that he could go on another one of those extended absences again. Doesn't uh, look like it's going to happen. That's what Not I'm saying. Much. That's why you should go after him. At this point, he's there for the run. He's there for the rest of the year, I think, unless something, you know, really tragic happens, which let's hope doesn't. Um, but at this point, he, they've committed to him as a goaltender. Um, you know, Mike Condon was playing great. If they if they really felt they could win with Condon, they would have told Anderson, you know, I don't need to just take the year off. Yep. He wants to be back. They want him back. Right, right now, he's 79% owned. He's he has 927 save percentage. He's only 6% um, or 6 points behind Devin Dubnik for the league lead. Yep. And he's um, he's third in the league and only behind Scott Darling. Who's, 944 uh, since he got back. Yeah, yeah, he's been phenomenal. He's 3-1. and one. Um, He's, again, we've said it on other episodes, but he's playing inspired hockey and it's actually, it's showing. Um, and so somehow that team is great. Yeah, and they're, they're <laughs> good. So if you need the goaltender, Probably help, a lot to do with him. Um, he's definitely someone yeah. you could go after, you know, to be like your third goaltender, your second goaltender maybe, because he is getting the starts even though, as we said, well, cause there's, and, so and, and you know what, right now is a weird time for goalies because there's a lot of guys who were really hot that have cooled right down yeah. and there's a lot of guys who were shit that are playing much better hockey it's just a it's a weird time for goalies right now yeah. i know like even like a guy like mrazic was dog shit and then all of a sudden he's playing good now yeah, it's like well, and you could have gotten him for nothing weeks ago um and anderson's a guy yeah i think a lot of people have been just skeptical about him and a lot of a lot of guys times too you get a trade offer and some owners will just like click stats and if you just see his numbers on the year, yeah, it's like, like, oh, he's yeah, only played 23 start, games? 20 yeah, no, he's not a regular starter. No. But uh, the guy I would definitely be looking to buy low on right now, or a guy that, like, if you even if you're not buying super low on him, a guy that I'd be trying to target right now whose value is low. So I guess it's a buy low. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lower than it should be. Is Brennan Gallagher. Gallagher has no points in three games since returning to action from, a, a, I think it was a broken hand or fractured hand, yeah, whatever it is. Um, but then even before his injury, he, he struggled at the start of the year to produce. Uh, Gallagher has great underlying numbers, always has. Um, you know, shot generation is great. And he just, it's his on a shooting percentage that yeah. we always talk about that's super, super low. Um the Habs need to heat up. They've been ice cold lately. The Habs need to heat up soon. And I think Gallagher, obviously a key member of that top six, key member of that power play, is a guy that's really going to have to drive some offense in order for them to to, to pick up the pace. Obviously, Definitely. this year he's fallen a bit behind Galchen- or, uh, sorry, Radulov due to the injury. But, I mean, we talked about how Galchenyuk isn't playing on that top line. He's playing with Gallagher. So those two together, maybe they stick together and they create some magic. Yeah. Gallagher, it's only a matter of time before we get hurt. He, uh, he, he gets going. 
The one thing to one point in his last like fourteen games. So he's well, yeah, he was he's well, he was hurt before that too. Yeah. yeah, and the one thing though too, it's I remember like I talked about this. Uh, I think well, not last week, but two weeks ago about Tyler Toffoli as a guy because you you he sits on that IR for so long, yeah, and, you're, and you and you and you wait and you wait and then you gotta drop somebody to get him back. And then when he gets back, you're like, okay, yeah, I got Gallagher back. He's going to light it up. And then he, nothing for three games. The exact same situation I talked about a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Gallagher's a guy I really like. His underlying numbers are fantastic. Um, and again, Montreal's been bad, but they can't be that bad for long. But now, let's talk about a couple players really quickly uh, that you should be trying to get rid of at the deadline. Guys that are definitely not going to keep it up. I'll start really quick with a guy... Uh, dear to my heart, Henrik Zetterberg. Uh, Zeddy's been on an absolute tear. Like even when you watch the games, like he literally has just put the Red Wings on his on his back for no reason. Like he's just wasting his damn time. Uh, but Zeddy has seven goals and eleven assists. That's eighteen points in his last nineteen games. Uh, one of the best. Um, point per game numbers over that span in the NHL. Uh, so he's been hot for almost a month and a half. The Red Wings are definitely going to be sellers at this point, uh, and. Basically, what that means is that team's just going to deteriorate a little bit. Yeah. They're going to score less. They're going to get scored on more. So, Zetterberg's numbers, uh, even if he continues to try to carry them to no, to uh, who knows where, yeah. um, it's just not going to work. Uh, so, Zetterberg's numbers will eventually drop off. He hasn't been this hot yeah, uh, until say. right now. He's 36. I mean, I think Zetterberg's great. I think Zetterberg's still going to be good for a couple of years. But, I mean, he's been playing out of his mind recently. Right. And that team's only going to get worse. For and, like, for years. the casual fantasy owner, that name still is going to carry, carry a lot of weight. Yeah, yeah. So. Exactly. Hey, that's what I have written about my next guy. <laughs> carry a lot of weight. Nice. <laughs> and, Brock, like you said, um, for Zetterberg, too, as he as he gets older, you know, they, they want maybe a year or two more out of this guy. They're not going to be pushing him. They're not going to be putting him out there 20 minutes a night. Not when they're legs just... on and there's nothing to play for. And, uh, uh, tell me he's dressing for back-to-backs. I don't think so. Yeah. At that age, um, if they're completely out of the picture, he's gonna be, you know, he's gonna take a rest night. He's gonna be playing twelve minutes. Obviously, he'll still have power play time stuff. Like twelve that. minutes. But they're gonna be wanting to, uh, you know, don't know about that give, one. Give the young talent a little bit of a, a, a little bit more ice just to see what they what they're working with next year. So. I don't know, man. Not the Red Wings don't know how to lose. Yeah, not just, a lot. That's true. Yeah, they might just make a push for the end. <laughs> They're probably gonna be buyers Random in the deadline. Road winner, winning streak. <laughs> They're gonna trade for Patty Marlowe. Yeah, out of nowhere. <laughs> but uh, D, who, you, who are you selling yeah. at the deadline? Uh, okay, so this is kind of an interesting one. Uh, I'm gonna talk about Claude Giroux for a second. Uh, Giroux, you know, enduring one of his least productive seasons right now. He's on pace for just 58 points. Uh, you know, and right now it's borderline whether or not he's gonna be able to break 200 shots. I think he's on pace for about 205 or something. Uh, and if he doesn't, it'll be the first time since 2010-11 season that he fails to you know surpass that mark in a full year. Uh, and you look at it, like his on-ice shooting percentage is down slightly, but it's still hovering right around league average at 7.2%. Uh, and it's pretty in line with what we've seen from him in the last few years. Uh, you know, We've seen his production, too, kind of steadily decline over the last uh, few seasons. And this year just kind of seems to be continuing the trend. Yep. Um, and you know, not to mention being on the Flyers this year with their minus twenty-five goal di- differential. They have uh, not scored like at all. In the last yeah, so. yeah. And then it, it's not the ideal fantasy situation. You know, he currently sports a minus twenty rating. And obviously, you know, I've said I hate plus minus. It's no indicator of all of individual skill. It's like a thousand percent of team stat. But you know, nevertheless, it's a category in almost all fantasy leagues, and it's still easy to judge going forward. You just look at the poor even strength teams. Uh, I do not see the Flyers tighten up their goal prevention anytime soon. Uh, so, you know, Drew clearly not as productive or reliable as he once was. Uh, but that name, like, he's still got some star power to his name. 
Uh, it should be easy to move for what I think you know more productive pieces down the stretch. I think he's actually you could really definitely good get candidate. rid of a guy like like Giroux straight up for somebody like Ehlers in a heartbeat. Yeah, you get more. Would definitely be easily. He probably uh, matches yeah. production on the stretch. Oh, for fun. So I think you get more, and then yeah, like there's other guys you could go for, uh, maybe like a Granlin. Uh, just guys like that who don't have lesser name names. Right, yeah. right. It's funny how much name value just carries weight in, in, in fantasy. For casual all, fantasy all, all owners. Fantasy oh, yeah. And it's, I feel like awesome. every fantasy league, like even, in, uh, you know, I, I've i never been in a fantasy league with like more than like seven or eight guys that really know, know what's, what's going, going on. on yeah. yeah, There's a couple guys up there like, oh, Giroux! Yeah. I got Giroux! He's <laughs> the best! He's the best player in the league! <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's like, bro, he's 50th in the NHL in scoring yeah, this year. So I had to trade that Laney guy. Yeah. That's all I had to trade. That's it. It's that. Patrick Laney. I never even Laney. heard of him. That's awesome. Beeps, who, who are you looking to get rid of at the deadline? That Laney guy. No, um, I, uh, I'm going with, uh, with JT Miller, someone who uh, who's slowly starting to get his name up there. Like that pick? Um, yeah, D likes to pick. Um, Great pick. <laughs> I, I love. Um, but yeah, so one thing about JT Miller, um, hasn't scored in the last three games. It's not really, as we mentioned, so panic it's, time. It's something to panic about. Panic ensues. 46 points in 56 games. He's kind of in the range of guys like Getzlav, Simmons, and Niederreiter. Um, all, all guys that I would want more than JT Miller. Nino! Everyone's favorite, Nino. Just like Risto. That's the new Risto. Um, it is. But um, he's shooting 17%, which uh, as we go over every single episode, you know, if, if a guy's shooting anywhere above the league average of 12 or 13, we they, they're bound for aggression. He's terrible. Um, but another thing about him, too, is he was on that that uh, that third New York Rangers line that just kind of has been escalating in points. It's so good. Mikel Grabner and, uh, Kevin, and Hayes. Mr. Kevin Hayes there. Um, he's he's currently barely touching power play time. That's why I don't like him up there with some other elite names that you could get who are going to for sure touch first line power play time as well as first line minutes time. Uh, JT Miller, I just you know his value is as high as it's going to get in a long time. So uh, now's the time to move him. Did you guys know Grabner has the most even strength goals in the league? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah you know who's in second? Austin Matthews. Anyway, that Laney guy. I like the JT Miller pick a lot. He was in that Laney. <laughs> yeah, he I, is. But I not picked, as far I picked JT Miller as one of my breakouts. Look how smug he is in that picture. Yeah, and it worked. He's breaking. Now get rid of his ass. Look how smug he looks. If you guys are in the ESPN league, oh no, I think that's just a stand up. Just a he looks super smug. That's enough of a reason to trade him. That's like, hey, I made Team North America when no one deserved it. Smug. <laughs> he deserved it. Yeah, he did. He's still a solid player, but I agree. Like, um, and, you know, I think, like, the position eligibility, yes, it's nice, but it's also a really attractive piece. It makes him more tradable moving forward because, uh, you know, if someone needs a forward, like, you literally have that covered no matter what. You know, oh, All I right. need a left wing. Oh, I have JT. Oh, I need a oh, right wing. Oh, oh, center. Oh, I got JT. Oh, I got JT. Right. So, I think Miller's solid. Um, but, yeah, I don't think he's as good as he's been, which is probably the case for a lot of that Rangers team. Man, right nobody now. talks about Leon Dreisaitl, eh? Yeah, he's struggling yeah. lately. But not much to segue, but let's talk about it. I just sorry. I pulled up his numbers i'm like god no, he's amazing he's got Let's more go right po- know, he's yeah. got the same amount of points as matthews and more points than savars than you that's and he's german how about yeah, it yeah how about it uh but the other guy marco stern proud the other guy i'm looking to get rid of right now uh is marco evander stern. kane this is a guy <laughs> whose name potentially carries a lot of weight in your league still not a lot but carries more cool, so than it should uh, but kane's been absolutely on a tear lately 10 goals six assists in his last 16 games uh so point per game over that month and a half stretch and he's been an absolute scoring machine since mm-hmm. mid-January. I'm pretty yeah. sure he's like leading the league in goals over that time. Machine. Um, but again, this is a guy who's been a really solid goal Hot scorer goal over the dude. years. Uh, but he's extremely streaky. And he's a guy that 
I just still think that people like Evander Kane a lot more than than they should. I mean, Evander Kane used to be one of my favorite players, and then he dropped it off. I'm like, yeah, Evander Kane. But now he's uh, he's been red hot. But again, like the Henrik Zetterberg situation, I think the Sabres are going to be sellers at the deadline. That team might uh, crumble just a touch. Right. And again, hot and cold is the name of Evander Kane's game. Right. And uh, so when he's hot right now, it, it he'll inevitably be cold soon. So um, Evander Kane's a guy I'm getting rid of. <laughs> inevitably. Inevitably. I had a hard time with it. Yeah. Inevitably. Uh, I just got a, a few. Watching you drink that Mike's hard. I couldn't spit it out. Tastes good. Got. Okay. Um, got you. Uh, <laughs> Just uh, a couple other guys I just want to shout out, uh, just to give you guys some more ideas. Try to cover more of our listeners here. Um, Matt Duchesne, uh, I just feel like there's kind of this aura around Duchesne right now. So funny because he was a bylo two weeks ago. Be, I, right, but it's kind of come full circle, yeah. I think, now. Like, just kind of hearing, talking to people. Stigma surpassed the reality, yes, like to say. Yes, yes. Well, it's just like, I never thought, like, I've always thought Duchesne is overrated to a degree. Like, don't get me wrong. (laughs) Don't get me wrong. He's a good, he's a good player. He's a solid forward. But uh, to me, like you get that. And right now there's just kind of this presumption that he's going to get traded one and two, his production is going to go up when it happens, which I'm not quite convinced either way. Uh, It doesn't really, because to me, like you, you know, Colorado, no offense, my guy beeps, but like hasn't been the smartest in their decisions. So maybe they'll be a little hasty on this, yeah. but there's no reason to rush this move with Duchesne. If you don't see a move you like for him at the deadline, hold him to the draft. Yeah. Whatever you can, you don't have to move him right now. Right. They no, don't have to settle for a lesser deal. It doesn't sound like anything's picked up to this point. And like I said, like I'm still not convinced because anyone who's going to move for him at this point, isn't like they're not gonna yeah, the contenders can't yeah he's not gonna slide right into 20 minutes ice time first line wherever he goes right like yeah. it's so i just think you know uh if you can move to shane against that name still carries a lot of weight uh, a lot of weight i think he's one you know could be a decent one to try to move daily face off um, episode 53 carries a lot of weight <laughs> i got the entire minnesota wild team nice. save for Grandlin. that's even our boy nino niederreiter i kind of think uh, he's surpassed a little bit what might be sustainable for him. A girl, a girl messaged Although me I, today. Although, don't get me wrong, I love Nino. Yeah, go ahead. I like this story. girl messaged me today. said, should I trade Nino for the line they just got offered? And I'm like, uh-huh. Yeah. So, yeah. our boy Nino went from a buy low to a sell high. But that's awesome. That's I awesome. love when that happens. That's the dream. Yeah. That's what he does. Um, that is the dream. And then, the other, other guy I got is potentially Alex Wenberg. Um, two reasons. I do not expect his production to keep up at the pace it's been, but, you know, he's defied me to this point. Uh, he's a good player for sure. Plus, he just doesn't score goals. Yes. Or and shoot the puck. Right. He doesn't shoot the puck. Uh, assists are not as useful in almost all fantasy leagues as goals. Um, yeah, his name, you know, isn't the same as Duchesne or Giroux. So, you know, you might not be able to just dish him off to a scrubby manager, but anyone who just is going to look at the amount of points he has. Same amount of points as our boy Nikolai Ehlers. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. So, um, again, I still think Wemberg's a good player. I don't think at this point he's as good as he's been. Um, but yeah, so there you go. There's some more guys. So that wild team, I said, you know, that's Miku Koibu. Um, even Jason Popovich has been on fire oh, lately for no reason. Super uh, ridiculous. All those guys. Does it. And I think there's a lot of good options on the Rangers too. You, you know what though? The one thing I will say, and I think we talked about it again just before we go to break here, uh, while we're talking about the wild, I feel like the one guy that might still be a buy low on that team is Zach Parise. Sure. I often trade for him today. Yeah, I like his potential to heat up down the stretch. Oh, there you he's go. If the rest of them cool down, he's gonna heat up. I feel that. He played with a team that he played with a New Jersey team that couldn't score for years and scored like crazy. So maybe that's what 
That's oh. what he does. Stop. But anyways, uh, that's the first half. We'll throw you guys over to the Blue Stones real quick, and then when we get back, we'll continue our expansion draft segment with the Calgary Flames, Carolina Hurricanes, Chicago Blackhawks, and Colorado. The Seas. Broken down, so I walk the line. I drop my wounds and I down. I'm out of money, I'm out of time. I fly low like a broken arrow. The time slows and my vision narrows. I'm out of money, I'm out of time. Sing your hearts out, sing it loud. Make me happy, make me proud. Black holes, solid ground. Black holes, solid ground. A thousand voices set on free. podcast as, as always we hope you guys enjoy those sweet licks by the blue stones laying it down like they do you guys can check them out on spotify and youtube uh, yeah, one song's got over a mil now that's awesome dude yeah, they just tweeted out the other day or facebook or something great band better people beeves had a beer with them once yeah it was good, it was good. yeah i've so, had a couple with them well, there you go oh okay my name's brock i went on um, um they like beer so I they could I definitely them on feature the podcast. Other... We, we should get them on to the yeah, podcast at one point. That'd be just come cool. in the man can't just play a live show <laughs> anyway um so yeah i hope you guys enjoyed that first half um you know hopefully we covered at least someone on your team um going through those uh brock doesn't want to call them by those and sell highs they're by those we can't i tried to do it without saying those words but i i lasted about one minute i'm like by low sell high ah shit uh right now we're gonna just uh probably shorter second half here not quite a half uh we're kind of using that it's a three-quarter quarter loosely yeah um but we're you know just gonna continue on with the c's uh that's calgary carolina chicago and colorado um <laughs> with uh the, the old cap friendly uh expansion draft tool just leaving columbus totally out of it right right right, right. but anyway so many c's let me t- i'll take over here briefly mm-hmm. i think we forgot to mention last week that each team is required to expose at least two forwards who are under mm-hmm. contract in 2017-18 um who have either played 40 games this season or 70 plus games um in last season and this season combined um so i i as of the time that we do this, um, some of those players are going to change. Uh, like People that are exposed today might not be exposed by the end of the season, basically is what I'm trying to say. Right. Um, and then for a defense, they have to expose uh, one player, again, who uh, is under contract next year, played at least 40 games this year, or 70 combined in the last two, and a goalie uh, who is under contract next year or is an RFA at the end of this year. Uh, so you have to... So no games requirements for the goalies. Not, no game requirements for the goalies, just uh, RFA or, or under contract right. next year. Uh, so we started off with the Calgary Flames. And up front, obviously we're keeping or protecting Johnny Goudreau, yeah. Sean Monahan, Michael Froelich, Michael Backlund, 
Sam Bennett. Those were very obvious for us, I think. Right. Uh, and then after that, we had a little bit more difficult to time. Uh, but Troy Brower's contract's not terrible. It is just his first year in Calgary. So we elected to protect Troy Brower. Um, and then our fifth and final, or sorry, our seventh and final yeah. uh, forward protect. We went with Michael Furland uh, because as I, of right now, they don't have to protect guys like Hunter Shinkirig, uh, Amelie, um, I don't even know how to say it, Amelie Poirier, however you pronounce his silly right. guy's name, um, or some good. of the other guys. Yeah, the Basically, one- it came down to um, Furland, uh, Buma, or Shaysel. Right. And I do think. Uh- just to touch on Brower real quick, I think they will protect him. But if they, you know, are are looking to expose that contract, I could see them protecting Matt Stajan instead, because uh, they do definitely like Stajan a lot. Um, but yeah, uh, so right now we have Stajan and Boma as the two, uh, the two unprotected, yeah, the two unprotected, the required unprotected. Um, and the the other one, who is it? We go with Michael Furland for the last guy. Yeah, yeah. I also think it could potentially be Chase on, but uh, who knows? Like it, it, it definitely really, could be. It, I don't think either of those guys are getting taken by Vegas anyway. But regardless, yeah, they're both pretty safe. And then on the back end, obviously we we protected uh, Mark Giordano, Dougie Hamilton, and TJ Brody. Now here's where it gets interesting, though, because you have to expose one player who's under contract next year that meets the game's requirements and, and meets the game requirements. Teams are being proactive in what they do like the Calgary Flames who just signed Matt Bartkowski this week. Uh, He's on the active roster. He is playing. But the reason they signed him to a two-year deal is so that he is their player who meets that requirement that gets left unprotected Right, and that allows them to keep somebody like TJ Brody. Because so otherwise, gonna... the only other three D men they had that met that requirement were Giordano, Hamilton, and Brody. Yeah, exactly. they so they have to sign one. They had to sign a guy to a contract like that in order to keep all three of them. Mm-hmm. And I think there's going to be a lot of this going on in the next few weeks. We'll get to it um, right now when we talk about the Hurricanes. Now, if you look at the Carolina Hurricane situation. As of right now, the only defenseman that meets the, the exposure requirements, the exposure requirements yeah. is Justin Falk. Obviously, he's their captain. He's their best player. He's <laughs> not, not going to be let go uh, to Las Vegas. Because so, he will go there. Yes. yes. Oh, he will, he will be, be the be captain, captain of Las yes. Vegas. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so Falk, Along with Silverberg. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. So Falk is a guy who, obviously, the Hurricanes are going to have to trade for somebody here at the deadline. Yeah. Who, who knows who it'll be who who's meets those requirements to enable them to keep a guy like Justin Falk. Um, and then, obviously, in Carolina, we'll start with the blue line, I guess. Uh, Justin Falk's a guy that we're obviously keeping. Yeah. Um, Assuming they, obviously. And then, basically, it's kind of a toss-up. I think they keep Klaus Dahl back just because he's pretty good at hockey. He's not great. Sixth defenseman, he's solid. Um, Ryan Murphy, as of right now, um, is probably their next best option um, over a guy yeah, like Ron Hainsey. Yeah. No, I think no, I think Murphy gets capped just because of age, and the same thing with Dalbuck over Hainsey. Yeah, like um, he's literally so, just ten years younger. Yeah, it's nothing Hainsey, against Hainsey. Whatever. I don't even think Hainsey will get claimed. He might. But. Well, and like, and basically though, they like, I mean, you can keep Murphy and Dalbeck and have your six and seven defensemen because you already um, guys like Hannafin, Hayden Flurry, yeah. Brett Pessy, uh, and Jakob Slat Slavin are all, yeah, all exempt. So right. they don't even they can just kind of keep their D, D together. Right. Hainsey will get. You know, exposed and probably not picked up. Um, and then up front, uh, Jordan Stahl has a no movement clause, so you have to keep him. Obviously, we're going with Jeff Skinner, Victor Rask, Eli- Elias Lindholm, um, and then it gets oh, and Tuvo Teravainen. And um, then it gets a little bit dicey. Basically, is between Andre Nashersil, uh, Phil DiGiuseppe, 
or Brock McGinn. Uh, we elected really to go up, yeah. with Di Giuseppe, who they seem to really, really like. He's on the active roster right now. And Nestor still just because um, his underlying numbers are just a ton better. I think for a, a new team in today's day and age, they're probably going to be looking heavily into players' underlying numbers. You would think, yeah. You would think. Um, and, and actually... Um, Nestor Sills' underlying numbers are absolutely fantastic right. versus Brock McGinn's not so much. So that's who we went with with Carolina. Again, we're going to tweak this all out uh, along with the four people that we kept last week, our four teams, sorry, that we kept last week. And then we ultimately went with Cam Wardenette. Um, I think that if you asked us at the start of the year, that probably would have been a different answer. He's coming off a couple bad years. Eddie Lacks and a little bit younger. Yeah, but... I just don't think Lack is that much better. And I don't think they do that to Ward mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Did we mention... Which goalie? I think we said Elliot, right? Is it, yeah. it going to be made publicly available, like who was protected or not? I'm assuming so, right? I think after yeah, the draft. It, it, they might announce No, it probably before. during, right? Because yeah, isn't the draft being televised? The draft. Yeah. yeah. They are. So maybe you'll know. They should do it all just before. Yeah, because that's just the like that. reason I like think. It's just like the week before your Keeper League draft. If you leave, you find all the guys if you leave Cam Ward unprotected, and they even if they like they don't take him, which they probably wouldn't, it just kind of leaves like a you know what I mean? Like yeah. For who's, Sour taste. Who's though. basically been like, you know. There for his whole career. Yeah, and he's like the friend, want a cup And there, you know what? And like, I feel like if you them, leave, basically. If, yeah. If you leave Cam Ward he's unprotected, not the once was, he's going to be, he'll be picked up by that team, I think. He'll be a really good I think there's going to be a lot of goalies. Yeah, that's one thing. I think there's going to be a lot of goalies that are But he's just a cheap contract who's drawn at the end of that year, the next year right True. i think you might be no gonna, no yeah i see what you're saying they're right, going right. to be looking for some some cap savings here you're right you're right you're right um Beams, you want, they also got to get to the floor Beams, you want to take over chicago <laughs> here I say chicago basically built themselves for this one um a lot of no movement clauses i thought this was hilarious but um jonathan taze patrick kane marion hosa artem and nisimov are leading the pack and he's so with the no movements. As movement. far as the no movements. And then uh, Brent Seabrook, Duncan Keith, and Nicholas Jalmerson as the other no movement clause guys. Um, after that, we kind of we had a struggle. Um, we chose Trevor Van Dream's day. It's either the, between him or Billy Polka because like Polka is a bit of a, a, a highly toted yeah, prospect. Exactly. He's not going to get there though. And again, yeah, and they didn't quite. Um, they didn't. They didn't have. They don't have the guys to put up for the uh, for as we talked about the eligibility. So that's why. Um, that's why they had to go with the fourth D man instead of two. Well, yeah, the, and right now, like, well, because like guys like uh, some of their best young players right now that are on the team: Nick Schmaltz, Panarin, uh, Henestroza. Kiro, who's also on the the roster, Gustav Forsling, all those guys don't have to be kept. Yeah. So, and then Corey Crawford and Nett has a no movement clause as well. But Van Riemsdyk falls into the same uh, boat as Falk right now, whereas unless they uh, kind of extend somebody else, so they could sign somebody like Rosafall or Campbell into next year, right? And then they can keep him. I think Billy Polk is another guy that they would obviously look at keeping. But uh, and then finally, uh, we have the Colorado Avalanche. Where do you take it away? Uh, okay, so this one. Uh, not a whole lot to debate here. You got McKinnon, Duchesne, assuming he doesn't get traded, uh, which is looking less and less likely by the day at this point. Uh, Landis Cog, Grigorenko, all super obvious. Uh, and then we're going over to the D-man, and we're talking about Eric Johnson, uh, Tyson Berry, Francois Boschman, because he has the no movement <laughs> clause. And then uh, we're there's just not a lot to protect up front, so we're assuming they're going to go ahead and protect the 21-year-old uh, Nikita Zadarov. Um, so, and then the other thing, there was kind of some a little bit debate here, um, but we're assuming they're going to leave uh, Varlamov and his contract unprotected and go ahead and uh, protect uh, Calvin Pickard, Pickard, Pickard yeah. whatever suits you fancy. Yeah, it's really 
Yeah. I've literally heard either, like, no, the entire yeah, yeah. time. Honestly, even the altitude guys who use Colorado's station, they right. don't, even, don't know. even know. Really <laughs> they just switch back and forth. But, yeah, <laughs> again, so there's a lot of guys that still get protected for them. Obviously, somebody like Miko Rantanen being exempt is huge. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, so that is our first eight teams in terms of who they're protecting in the expansion draft. Uh, again, I will tweet out the, the, the list that we've done so far, uh, and then once we finish the league, we'll go ahead and draft right. our te- Vegas team based on who right. we are keeping. So if we're just going to look at super notable guys for Vegas to uh, potentially uh, hold on, or sorry, have a chance at drafting right now, I think obviously, you know, looking back, if we're going to look back at the show before, Silverberg was the big one we said. Um, but for today, I think the big one, you got to look at Chicago's forwards. Um, I think they especially Kruger. Um, Ryan Hartman. Too. Ryan, yeah, and Ryan Hartman, just a young guy, uh, p- has the potential to kind of, you know, kind of move, get a little Richard better. Richard Yeah, I think Panic could potentially, but I think Kruger at this point is as good as gone. Yeah. Because at the very least, Kruger is, you know, a great penalty killing forward and someone who slots great in here. There's a very nine. strong, there's a very strong chance though that they don't keep somebody like, uh, like TVR. And right. They go Kruger, Panic, Hartman. Oh, I guess no, they, they have to. They have to though. Well, they yeah. they don't have. Oh, yeah. They have to expose both Kruger and Hartman at, at this, this point. point yeah, that's yeah. true. So Unless they're kind of in a tough moves. spot because of all the no movement clauses Shovel they tossed out. Because like, I gotta assume literally eight of them are. No actually, I don't know who would you. Mm, I mean, I I don't think I, we know we know Nisimov isn't as good as he's been. But like, if you didn't have to, if you didn't have to hold on to Nisimov, who, who would you rather, him or Kruger? Probably an Isimov still, Isimov, right? Yeah. yeah, even with this year. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. so, Kruger's contract well, especially not like this year. Kruger still makes three, like over three mils. So like, I mean, he's a solid player, but he still has three like, mils. Nothing though. No, it's not. But I mean, it's not that much. It's, it, not, it's not that much mil. in compare in comparison right. to Isimov's contract. Like, right. I makes a ton either. Right, so. right. Oh, okay. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. I, it's gonna be interesting. Like, just as we do this, like, it's gonna be interesting to see how Vegas gets to the floor next season. Oh yeah, there's gonna be. <laughs> well, they're gonna have to take. I'm, they're gonna I'm have to take some bad contracts. They're, I hope they take like Ablocator. <laughs> they're gonna have to take some bad contracts just to get there. I think at least in this point with kind of what how, they're gonna what take bad at. contracts with like some teams are, are gonna towards, get super lucky. They're gonna they're gonna take guys like uh, they could take a guy like Nicholas Cromwell who's coming towards the end of a bad contract. They're gonna take guys who who right. have a little bit of term right. left that yes. was once yes. a bad. Cromwell contract. would actually probably be a pretty decent. I feel I still feel like Cromwell has some game to give, and obviously you wouldn't if you watched the Red Wings. Yeah, if you watch him, oh. sure. I, that but team, I mean, they would only have. Two I'm not more. about to pin that, you know. <laughs> but uh, still, like you know, I just think he's a nice guy to have in your back stick for a young team. The one thing too, before we go here, is that I feel like Cromwell. Just while we're still, they're also going to be targeting guys who they can that are going to help them sell some tickets. I mean, I, I know that they've already sold a lot, but like, I mean, if you pick up a guy like Cromwell, you can go ahead and show highlights of. Cromwell just destroying people yeah, yeah. even if those were all like three years ago <laughs> just to help sell some tickets just throwing, his, out this throwing, his, throwing his ass and throwing his yeah, back just at killing you. people yeah, but no, that's, true, that's true that's true like just you know you gotta Yo, how that. does it work for the draft where do they get slotted in in the lottery i think I they, they have like the best no, they're, odds? They're, auto- they're automatically three like the three best odds yeah that's weird anyway yeah. gabe valerity territory Winter yeah. alert. Yeah. But anyways, that was episode 53 again next week. Catch us uh, at a Spitfire game tomorrow, Thursday yeah. night. And Sunday. So there you go. Always there. Next week probably won't be going down on Wednesday. We might come at you on Tuesday if possible, yeah. just because Wednesday is just way too crazy with the... Uh, it's not possible. It's Tuesday. But whatever. Yeah, anyways, well. Wednesday's definitely not happening because of the trade deadline, but we won't take another bye week. Only one's allowed. So that was episode 53. 
We got eight teams down. Yep. 22 to go. We got it. And then all of the other great fantasy hockey stuff that we come at you with. Anyways, enjoy the Boost Tones. I'm Brock Seed. For Dylan D. Berthium and Michael B. Spawny, have a good weekend. Roland Garros, where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off to see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if a fresh face rises to challenge them. Daily live coverage of the French Open begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.